Hello there. You're welcome to the Read Podcast. This season, we'll be reading from the book Love the Way to Victory by Kenneth He Agin. I do pray that you learn as you enjoy this podcast. Remember that the blessing is in the application of the word. Come on, let's get into it. Page 222, Chapter 6 Parents, walk in love towards your children. But there is another side to this too. If children have to walk in love towards their parents so they can live long on earth, parents also have the responsibility to walk in love towards their children. I don't know about you, but as our children were growing up, I sometimes had to ask them to forgive me. I would say to them, I was right in correcting you, but wrong in the way I did it. I want you to forgive me. It makes all the difference in the world when you raise your children with the love of God in your heart. If parents will walk in love towards their children and live right before them, it will affect their children spiritually, mentally, and physically. It will even affect their health. I don't know about you, but I have strong feelings in many of these areas. I don't know whether I get mad myself or whether it's just my righteous indignation that gets stirred up. But people who are leaving their families and abandoning their children need to know that they are going to pay for all that one of these days. Not only that, but if only people knew the effect it has on children when they are abandoned by a parent. When I was holding a meeting in California several years ago, I happened to pick up a newspaper and read that researchers had done a survey on California penitentiaries. They found out that without exception, every single person who was in prison for a violent crime had been abused as a child, every single one of them. That doesn't mean parents shouldn't discipline their children. Of course, they have to discipline their children. Even when you're walking in love towards your children, you still have to reprimand them from time to time because children are children. And at times, you've got to spank them. And sometimes it seems like boys need more discipline than girls. But for instance, I never spanked Ken without reading the word to him first. If you spank your children in anger, you are wrong because you are not walking in love towards them. Before I spanked Ken, I would open the Bible to the passage in Ephesians. I would say, son, I'm not spanking you because I want to or because I want to be mean to you, but I want you to stay well. I want you to live a long time on the earth. Then I would read him Ephesians 6, 1-3. My wife and I read the word and pray with our children every night before they went to bed. And when they started school, we would read the word and pray with them before they went to school every morning. Well, both our children grew up serving God and are now ordained ministers. But we lived right in front of them too. All the fake confession in the world wouldn't have done any good if we hadn't walked in love towards them and lived right in front of them. As parents, sometimes you have to reprimand your children because the Bible says that a child left to himself brings a reproach to his parents. 
Proverbs 29 verse 15. But you can still walk in divine love and discipline your children. I remember when Ken was about six years old, he came into my study one night when I was praying. He said, Daddy, I want you to forgive me. I said, what for, son? Well, he said, you told me to empty the waste basket this morning and I didn't do it. Read that scripture to me again about where it says it will be well with you and you don't have to be sick and you can live a long time on the earth. So I read Ephesians 6 verse 1 to 3 to him. Then I said, I forgive you, son. Now let's just kneel down here and ask the Lord to forgive you. There is a promise that goes along with honoring your parents and walking in love with them. And it's a long good life. As we all know, you can know about a Bible subject, but if you don't put it into practice, what you know, it won't profit you. It's the principles of love applied that brings forth fruit. The God kind of love is important in every area of your life. Walking in love affects every area of your life, including how long you live on the earth. Begin to put the love of God to practice and watch God's love bring forth great fruits. Chapter 7 Judge yourself and you won't be judged. When God gave us the New Testament law of love, he said we are to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. That just means we are to love our fellow man and fellow believer as we love ourselves. The Bible also said, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially them who are of the household of faith. Galatians 6 verse 10. Well, we don't need to look around and judge the other fellow and see if he is walking in love. We just need to be sure we are doing the right thing and that we are walking in love ourselves. If we judge others, it will just cause strife and discord in the body of Christ. Notice what Galatians 5 verse 15 says about strife and discord. Galatians 5 verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that ye be not consumed one of another. Biting and devouring one another is not walking in love. The reason some people are sick a lot and even die prematurely is that they don't walk in love. There is a consequence for sowing strife and discord and for judging others. Galatians 6 verse 7 Be ye not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatever a man soweth, that he shall also reap. Normally, when you read this verse, we think about the sinner who is out drinking, cursing, running around. But did you ever stop to think about it? This verse wasn't written to sinners. It was written to Christians. God was talking to believers when he said, whatever a man sows, he will reap. As a believer, if you don't act in love, you will reap that too. There is a truth in this verse that applies to sinners, of course. Some people preach this verse to sinners, but actually, when Paul wrote this, he was talking to believers at Galatia and to Christians everywhere. 
He was saying that Christians need to wake up and understand that even though God is a loving God, he will not be mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that is what he will reap. In other words, sooner or later, his chickens will come home to roost. His sins will find him out. Numbers 32 verse 23. Have been in ministry for nearly 65 years and I have found out that if you just keep on walking in love in the process of time, some of those folks who judged you and did you wrong will be the very ones who come back to you for help. Very often God sends them back and thank God because we are walking in love, we can help them. But this scripture in Galatians 6, 7 also has another application. When you act in love, you are going to reap a reward of that too. What are you going to reap for walking in love? Health, healing, long life, prosperity. You see, if you keep feeding the love nature that is in you with the word and keep practicing it, the God kind of love will grow and develop in your life. And by putting the God kind of love into practice, by acting on it, you will reap the benefits and the results of walking in love. I don't know about you, but I am going to sow love. And if I sow God's love, then I will reap the reward that love brings because I've fulfilled the law. Then sickness will be taken away from the midst of me and the numbers of my days God will fulfill. Discern the Lord's body. What we've got to realize is that under the new covenant, whether or not we fulfill the number of our days is to a large extent up to us. Why? Because healing was provided for our bodies in the atonement. The Bible says he took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Matthew 8 verse 17. When Jesus said this, he was quoting from Isaiah 53 verse 4. Surely he had bore our grief and carried our sorrows. The literal Hebrew says he bore our sicknesses and carried our pains. Then 1 Peter 2 verse 24 also talks about our covenant of healing. 1 Peter 2:24, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sin should live unto righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. So healing belongs to us, but we'll never be able to walk in God's provision of healing unless we learn to walk in love. Well, if God has made healing available to us in the atonement, then why isn't anyone healed? If we are going to walk in health, there is something we need to understand about walking in love. Notice what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 11, 1 Corinthians 11, 23-30. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he baked it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup, when he had supped, 
saying, This cup is a new testament in my blood. This do ye as oft as ye drink in it, in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do so the Lord's death till he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Now let's go back and analyze what we just read. When Jesus took the bread, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. You see, with Jesus' stripes we were healed. Because his body was broken for us in atonement, we can receive physical healing for our bodies. Then Jesus said, This cup is the New Testament in my blood. The Bible says that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Hebrews 9.22 Jesus' blood signifies our redemption and the cleansing of our sins. So in this passage of the scripture, we can see both healing of our bodies and remission of our sins. Then notice the word unworthy in verse 27. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. The word used here is not unworthy. Many times folks say, I feel so unworthy. And they think this verse applies to the feeling of unworthiness. But this verse 27 is not saying that we are unworthy to partake of the Lord's Supper. The word unworthily refers to the manner and the attitude in which you partake of the Lord's Supper. So this verse is talking about the manner in which the Corinthians were partaking of the Lord's Supper. If you read the previous verses and study the context, you will see that these folks were coming together, having a meal, and also taking the Lord's Supper. But some of them even drank wine and got drunk. So Paul was saying, these folks are bringing condemnation or judgment on themselves because they are partaking of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. Then the Bible goes on to say, For this cause many are weak and sickly and many sleep or die prematurely. That infers that we should not be weak or sickly. Paul is talking about man's physical body here. He's saying that those who partake of the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner can become sick and weak and even die prematurely. These verses are saying, By not discerning the Lord's body, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. By sleep, the Bible means that their bodies are asleep in the grave, and their spirit have gone to be with the Lord. But notice that they died prematurely. The number of their days were not fulfilled. They shouldn't have died. It certainly wasn't God's will that they died prematurely. Actually, if they had discerned the Lord's body, they wouldn't have even been weak 
and sickly and they wouldn't have died prematurely. The Bible is saying that sometimes there is a cause or a reason some people are weak, sickly and even die prematurely. Because if they don't discern the Lord's body, they will bring judgment on themselves. Did you notice that it didn't say anything about discerning the Lord's blood? It said not discerning the Lord's body. To discern means to see and understand. The breaking of the communion bread is a symbol or a type of the broken body of Jesus. If you don't see and understand that Jesus' body was broken for our physical sustenance and healing, then even though you may be walking in love, you can go right on being weak, sickly, by not appropriating the healing that was already provided for you on the cross of Calvary. Christ is our Passover lamb. His body was broken for our physical sustenance and healing by whom stripes we were healed. 1 Peter 2.24 If you don't know that you are healed by his stripes, then you can go right on being sick and weakly physically. You may even die prematurely and not live out your full length of time down here. But there's also another side to this statement. Not discerning the Lord's body. You can also be weak, sickly and die prematurely if you do not discern and understand the Lord's spiritual body. The body of Christ is one. Colossians 3 verse 15. In other words, there is a spiritual body of Christ on the earth today, which includes all the born-again believers worldwide. When Jesus was here on the earth, the only body of Christ that was on the earth was Jesus' physical body. But today, the body of Christ consists of all believers all over the world. And we need to discern the body of Christ and walk in love toward them. In other words, by not discerning the body of Christ, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and walking in love towards them, we can open up ourselves to weaknesses sicknesses and even premature death and the reason many believers are in a weak and sickly condition is that they have not discerned the body of the lord jesus christ as they should have if you do not walk in love towards fellow members of the body of christ you are going to be weak and sickly and you will not prolong your days on this earth you will shorten your days and you can even die prematurely I didn't say that. The Bible said that. Some Christians have already died prematurely because they didn't walk in love towards their fellow members of the body of Christ. They shouldn't have died. It wasn't God's best for them. But their lack of love shortened their own days. Not walking in love can shorten your life because it allows the devil a foothold in your life. Every step out of love is a step into sin. Sin opens the door to the devil in your life. Therefore, to fulfill your days on this earth, you are going to have to walk in love. And God's love never fails. It's God's love at work in us that will enable us to walk in love towards every member of the body of Christ. That's because love, God's divine love in us, 
can settle any quarrel or any dispute. It can solve any problem because God is love. I've seen God's love work in some impossible situation over the years. Christians may not all agree on every little bitty thing, but one thing we all agree on is that the word of God is true and we will all agree that Jesus Christ is Lord and that without the shedding of his blood, there is no remission of sin. Whether folks agree with you or not on every doctrinal issue, you can still walk in love towards them even if they don't walk in love towards you. Walking in love is of the most utmost importance. Failure to judge yourself results in the Lord's judgment. Let me show you how important it is to walk in love towards those in the body of Christ. From 1947 through 1958, there was a healing revival here in America. There were about 120 of us in the healing ministry who belonged to an organization of evangelists called The Voice of Healing. We held conventions and Gordon Lindsay published many of the healing testimonies in his magazine, The Voice of Healing. Brother Oral Roberts started coming to the forefront in ministry about 1948 and eventually he got a tent that would sit about 20,000 people. There was only one fellow in the voice of healing who got a larger tent than Robert's tent. He put another section in it so he could sit 22,000 people and occasionally he filled it up. This other fellow was one of the leading healing evangelists in the days of the voice of healing. No one had a greater healing ministry at that time than he did. I saw some of the greatest miracles in this evangelist ministry that I've never seen. But the Lord told me, you go tell him he's not going to live much longer unless he judges himself. The man was only 35 years old at the time. The Lord said to me, the number one thing he is to do to judge himself on is walking in love towards his fellow ministers. Secondly, he needs to judge himself on money. The Lord said that the third thing this evangelist needed to judge himself on was diet. I don't mean to be unkind about it, but this man was as big as a cow and ate like a horse. Well, we don't have to become healthy food nuts. That's not what the Lord was saying. But on the other hand, I remember something John Wesley said. He said, I don't live to eat. I just eat to live. Was it scriptural for this minister to judge himself? Of course it was. The Lord was trying to warn him because if he would have judged himself, the Lord wouldn't have had to judge him. That's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 11, 31-32 For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, and we should not be condemned with the world. I remember one time my wife and I were on our way to hold a meeting, and we stopped by to visit this fellow's tent meeting. In the city where he was holding this meeting, there was a state institution of deaf and mute people. They brought five men from that institute 
who were totally deaf and mute to this healing evangelist service. And he laid hands on them, just like you'd snap your finger, all five of them were instantly healed. They were healed in front of thousands of people. This evangelist stopped the service right then and started taking up an offering. Then he announced to the audience, don't come down here unless you've got at least $50 to give in the offering. People were running over one another to get down there to give in the offering. Now you've got to understand that this was back in the early 50s. Money was worth a lot more back then than it is now in these days of inflation. But you see, you can't take the things of God and use them to raise money. And sooner or later, if people don't judge themselves, these things are going to catch up with them. Remember what the Bible says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that he shall reap. That applies to every area of people's lives. I saw another miraculous healing in this man's ministry that was confirmed by medical science. A woman came to one of his meetings on a stretcher. Her body was stiff as a board, just like it was petrified. It was a very rare disease. The medical science couldn't do anything about it. If you touched her body, it felt like you would just touch a piece of petrified lumber. They brought her into the service and when this minister laid hands on her, she was instantly healed. This minister had a marvelous healing ministry. Blind people were instantly healed, yet the Lord said to me, You go tell him that he's not going to live much longer unless he judges himself. I went to talk to this healing evangelist, but he was busy talking to someone else at that time. By the time he finished talking to the other person, my natural mind had taken over and I thought, he doesn't walk in love towards the brethren. If I tell him what the Lord told me, he's liable to slap my face. By then, the evangelist had left and I never had another opportunity to talk to him. Three years later, my wife and I were in Los Angeles, in Angelos Temple, at a Voice of Healing convention. In those days, we had a Voice of Healing convention every year at Thanksgiving time. This man's wife called the convention for prayer because the doctor said that this evangelist was dying. He was only 38 years old. Brother Lindsay announced this from the platform. He said, it will hurt the healing ministry if this foremost healing minister in America died at this early age. So he invited all the voice of healing ministers to come up on the platform to join hands and pray for this man. I started up there to pray for him. As I started to walk up to the aisle to the platform, the Lord said to me, don't go up there. I stopped still and asked, why not Lord? He's only 38 years old. He's not old enough to die. Three years and some months had gone by and I had momentarily forgotten what the Lord had told me about him. The Lord said to me, he wouldn't judge himself and walk in love towards his fellow ministers. So I judged him and turned him over to Satan for destruction of his flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus Christ. You leave him alone because he's going to die. 
So I turned around and walked back up the aisles. My wife came from another part of the building and met me as I, as I got to the back of the auditorium. She asked, what did the Lord say to you? I said, how do you know he said anything? She said, well, you stopped dead still and turned as white as a sheet. So I told her what the Lord had said. That time, the Lord only mentioned the fact that this evangelist hadn't judged himself on not walking in love towards others. Well, dying prematurely at 38 years old wasn't God's best for him, but it sure beats going to hell. You see, sometimes there's a reason folks are sick and die prematurely, and before you can get them healed, sometimes you have to get down to the root cause why they are sick and they'll need to make some adjustments. This minister would put his tent up and hold meetings for a local church in a particular city every year. The other churches in the city would come and cooperate with him and thousands of people would come to the meeting and get saved and healed. They would fill up the tent and run it over with people. But then he announced, I am going to build a revival center in this town and he built it not very far from the local church that he had helped hold this meeting. Then one day he went to the pastor of that local church and told him, I am going to start my church on your members and brother so and so's members and brother so and so's members. And that's exactly what he did. Now there was nothing wrong with him starting a church in that town. But there was something wrong with him taking 200 members from one pastor's church, two or 300 members from the largest full gospel church in town. But do you know what? Before he could enjoy this new church growth, he was dead. You see, this evangelist walked ill to his fellow pastors. He built his new church, but he built it on other fellows' members. Love walketh no ill to his neighbor. A person like that is flirting with death. This man died at an early age because he didn't walk in love towards his brethren. And that's exactly the reason some believers die prematurely. They are shortening their days by not walking in love. We've got to learn to discern the Lord's body our brothers and sisters in Christ and treat them like they are part of the Lord's body. The man wouldn't repent, so God had to judge him. That wasn't God's best, but if a person wouldn't judge himself, he will fall under the penalty of God's judgment. That didn't have to happen to him, but he was the one who was responsible for it happening to him. It's a solemn thought to fall under the penalty of God's judgment, isn't it? Well, that's why we need to think soberly on the subject of walking in love. Remember, the Bible says that God's love is greater than faith or hope. And now abide at faith, hope, charity, these three things. But the greatest of these is charity, love. 1 Corinthians 13 verse 13 we in the body of Christ haven't majored on the subject of God's love as we should. Romans 12 verse 9 Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. 
Sometimes we read this verse, but we don't stop and think about what it means. The word dissimulation means to pretend or pretentious. A lot of people pretend they love you, but it doesn't show up in the fact. What do I mean by that? They say, I sure do love you, but you don't dare turn your back on them. They are just pretending that they love you. Romans 12 verse 10. Be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love, in honor preferring one another. Love, God's love, is not selfish. It always prefers the other person and puts him first. It never thinks of itself first. When God told us to love one another, he didn't mean with words only or with pretense. He meant for us to love one another by our actions as well as with our words. Our actions should show that we love one another. We've got to walk in love towards one another, even if they do wrong. Walking in love towards others pay rich dividends. And if you will judge yourself, you will not be judged. If you will judge yourself, it will keep you from having medical bills to pay. But you have to propose in your heart to walk in love. It wouldn't just happen automatically. When you discern the Lord's body, not only the physical body of Jesus was broken for our physical healing, but his spiritual body of Christ. You can be strong, healthy, not weak and sickly. Then you can fulfill the number of your days. And to tell you the real truth about the matter, God has something more than healing for us. Now, of course, if you need healing, then God has provided healing for you in the atonement. But God has provided something more, and that is for us to walk in health. And the way you receive health is to walk in love. Hello there. I trust you had a wonderful time listening. Do join me again next time as we continue on this love adventure. I pray that God's love will continue to find expression in and through you. I am Eunice. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you.